Hello and welcome back to the Multiversity Manga Club. I'm Walt, and as usual, I am joined by Emily. Hello. Uh, it is the beginning of August, so we're going to be looking at the Shonen Jump uh, series, or, or some of the Shonen Jump uh, offerings of the month of July. This is going to be a little bit weird the way that we like schedule these every now and then. One happens like this, where technically by the time this goes live, there's been like the first uh, month of August stuff, but we we specifically have not read that just so we don't like get confused. Yeah, and... the first week of August, you mean? Yes, first. Yeah, so week. this is only covering stuff that was released in Jul- on in July. Right. Uh, so the first thing we wanted to talk about is uh, there was a one shot and a, quite a lengthy one shot, uh, about 150 pages. Uh, by Tatsuki Fujimoto, uh, creator of Chainsaw Man, uh, called Look Back. Um, I wrote about this pretty extensively for Multiversity, um, and I humbly recommend uh, checking out my review as well. I think it's pretty good. It is very cohesive. Sort of gets really to the heart of it, I think. Um, And I don't want to, like, you know, just rehash all that. um, But I do think this is... I, it, it was excellent. Um, yeah. It's very different from Chainsaw Man, to, <laughs> to say To put it lightly. Um, that it, it's it's another, you know, manga about creating manga. Uh, but it's less concerned. That, there's still elements of this, but it's less concerned with, like, the, like, procedural aspects of it. Right. Um, and it's more about, like, kind of the emotional... Uh, the emotional pull, the and sort drive, of and compulsion. All that. Maybe? Yeah, yeah, compulsion is a good word for it. Yeah. Um, right. I guess uh, since, like I said, I don't want to rehash my review. You know, why don't you take Talk. point and? Oh, um, is there anything in particular you wanted to mention about look back? I mean, you kind of got at a lot of the points that I that I sort of um, would have expounded upon because we we talked about it a bit after after we both read it and yeah i mean it's it really struck me as just just really good i mean it that's a little boring but it yeah like i almost feel like this is just gonna be like a classic one shot at this point like it's right it's gonna be something that you know at least if you're in if you enjoy shonen manga in general and especially fujimoto's work there's no reason not to why you shouldn't read this um yeah, I, I hope yeah. that it... Um, it's one of the most personal comics I think I've ever seen in Shonen Jump. Yes. You know, it, follow, it follows, like, mainly the interactions between two... Uh, two girls. Two girls. Um, Fujino and... What was the other Kiyomoto. one? Kiyomoto. Kiyomoto. So. <laughs> so, Fujimoto. Yeah. It's, I think it's fair to say that this is supposed to be kind of like a uh, representation of you know, aspects of Fujimoto himself as a creator. Um, right. So in that sense, it's it's very, I would say, probably very loosely semi-autobiographical. Yeah. Um, it's very abstracted. Um, yeah. I mean... You kind of have to do a little bit of background reading to, like, fully see, like... Not, right. not, not to fully appreciate it by any means, but to, like, see, like, oh, you know, like... Yeah. You know, one of these... The, eventually, they... Basically, they're a duo mangaka team um and the 
Uh, Doesn't one of them draw backgrounds, the right. other draws sort of the foreground stuff? Right, and so the background artist goes on to uh, professional arts school, and, and you learn that, that, or you can learn with some, you know, slight research that that, that actually Fujimoto, uh, like, studied, you know, Western-style painting in uh, art school, yeah. which is interesting. I Meaning no offense, of course, but I, I would not have guessed that from right. his yeah. uh, style by any means. Um, yeah, he's obviously very talented, a very talented artist, but right, I mean, there's nothing really just sort of on the face of it, <laughs> you know, the Chainsaw Man, and even this, that, that, that looks particularly like... Classical. Classic, more classical art, yeah. which is, you know, sort of a testament to how versatile he is, and he... I wouldn't say he changes his art style that much, but he clearly can sort of dabble in. Di he clearly dabbles in different sort of uh, narrative styles. Yeah. I mean, this is completely different from from Chainsaw Man. Obviously, this is actually because because Chainsaw Man, I think, is sort of just like kind of really visceral and and it's not really about perfectly following the narrative and right. like keeping track of all the plot beats like i think it's more about the imagery and the sort of raw feeling and the violence chainsaw man is extremely violent but like yeah i think that all that is more important to me than like sort of keeping track exactly of what's going on and even this even this story look back is kind of it's kind of dreamy um yeah there's there's some some narrative kind of warping back on itself um, yeah. there's sort of a, there, there is like a quote unquote, if you, if you could call it this, like a plot through line of the two characters. I mean, obviously there's the surface plot and what the, the story actually is, which is not actually about two girls that one goes to art school and one doesn't, and one just continues being a mangaka. This is about, like you said, the two sides of Fujimoto's creative center, I guess, and... It's also because what happens in the story is that the the girl at art school gets killed by this sort of like axe wielding maniac, just right. sort of a senseless act of violence. And it's sort of, I guess, metaphorically, you know, it's like he Fujimoto's saying, you know, like I he might feel like he killed his art school self, possibly to pursue to pursue uh, manga drawing manga and you posed the great question in uh your article you know like what do you owe to the person you might have been and uh i think this is sort of getting at this i guess this is just sort of him grappling with that question um you know it's not all it's I, i'm not sure actually i mean i can't pretend to know his Right. Emotional state. This just this does feel very personal and emotional and like I think he does mourn mourn that part of him to some extent. But yeah. no matter what, I think he I think he believes that no matter what he would have done, he still would have kept drawing. He still would have he wouldn't have lost, you know, the creative urge. Right. Um, because yeah, like he, he at the end of the comic there's a there's a sort of um like I said, a warping back a, a reimagining of if Fujino, the manga creator, had gone and saved Kiyomoto from the, from the um, murderer at the school, and like what could have happened then, and yeah, it, it's sort of about those two halves like synthesizing, and 
and how, you know, maybe, maybe that hasn't actually happened for him. He, maybe he doesn't feel like that's like hundred percent happened for him, but he's kind of just working it out Yeah. through this comic. I think this is a very, this feels like something he almost like had to make. I almost feel. Yeah. Um, and the, th- the other thing I really appreciate about this is, I mean, uh, Fujimoto's art in Chainsaw Man has always been like, you know, quite good. Um, and has done some like kind of more experimental stuff. Uh, and I don't mean experimental in like a very abstract way, but just uh, uh, varying up like stylist, stylistic approaches and stuff. Um, I think that's really prevalent here, um, in particular with like his use of like uh, tone. Yeah. Uh, to- tone in the artistic sense, meaning like, you know, value of lightness and darkness mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the different ways that he kind of you know you've got your varying screen tones and then sometimes he'll like you know uh rather than having like a solid like like having hair depicted as just like kind of like a solid line of black instead right. it's like a bunch of cross hatching um or you know uh, having lines be kind of uh more uh, scratchy might be yeah Okay, way to determine it. Just a lot of variation in how he conveys like all these different uh, yeah qualities of black, white, and, and grays. Gray. Yeah, you know, yeah, for sure. A lot of variance in this. Yeah, and it makes it very visually interesting. Right. Without being super uh, flashy. Yeah, yeah, and um, like you said, there's a couple in your article. You mentioned that there are quite a few static images that are basically like structurally the same there's um fujino in her room drawing and you see there's maybe like four per page i want to say maybe at one point there's six no i think there's almost always four Mm -hmm. and it's sort of um it shows her bent over her desk in more or less the same way over a couple panels um drawing and clearly this is like sort of a passage of time sort of motif which is the main reason why you would well, at least in my mind, like, the main reason to sh- show, like, the same basic panel a couple times in a row, but a couple things changing is just passage of time. Right. Um, and he does it really skillfully, I think, and I think I said this before for Chainsaw Man. I think he's very good, and I don't, I can't really say exactly why, but I think Fujimoto is really good at conveying of, like, how quiet a panel should be. It is. I don't know how to say it. Like, I mean, there's that famous scene in Chainsaw Man of of Denji going to open the door, and I always imagine that as like completely silent. Mm-hmm. And there was really no, there was no indication in the scene that the sometimes mangaka write silent or something. Right. They write like hush or something. And I don't know. I think I think he's good to sort of just conveying it naturally through just story progression and the way the scene's drawn. And I think of those scenes as the scenes of. Fujino drawing in her room, I think of them as really quiet. Um, maybe with like uh, wind blowing through the the window. Um, yeah, yeah, it's all really good. Um, Definitely check it out if you haven't yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. Draw your yeah. own conclusions. I mean, I think I think the like thematic meaning is pretty clear, but yeah, it, it's definitely worth reading for yourself. Yes. Um, and just sort of taking in his... Because you can't really get the full emotional sort of uh, punch of it, I think, without without reading it yourself. So, yeah, definitely, definitely check that out. 
All right. Um, so in addition, we had one new series start this month. Um, this is, excuse me, this is Narrow Way of the Martial Artist by Minya Hiraga. Um, so there isn't too much to say, I think, like, story-wise about this. That yeah, it's, it's, a... it's a very conventional, like, you know, you've, at least so far, a very conventional, you know, protagonist mm-hmm. who's, like, you know, studied martial arts with his, was it his grandfather? Or... It's his grandfather, yeah. Yeah, his grandfather. It's sort of this uh, sort of faraway reclusive village yeah. in Japan in the mountains. And, you know, he basically just, he gets gets into, like, this kind of, like, academy of martial arts or whatever. It's just all different kinds of martial arts. Other people, arts. You, know, you know, some people with spears, you know, fists, yeah, so on and swords. so forth. He fights with a sword. Um, yeah. And, you know, perhaps, perhaps things will change and there will be more to it than that. But really, you hear that and that's basically that's it. the gist of it. No, I so will far. say there's a female character that I thought was just kind of going to be just the pretty girl that was in the story. But she's she turns out that she's, like, actually one of the members of the school. And mm-hmm. that's a little different, I guess. I mean, she, she dresses sort of like a schoolgirl and she's sort of like their... She's an older student. Mm-hmm. Um... I think the main thing, uh, yeah, this is fine. Uh, the main thing I sort of like about it is it kind of almost, the the, the art style is kind of pretty. Um, yeah, it looks really good. Yeah, it, it looks almost like shoujo a little bit. Um, to me, I was thinking it has like kind of like a, almost like a late school. 80s yeah, it, style it's to it. Yeah, it's a little old school. Yeah. Um, in yeah. the way that like faces are drawn. And yeah, the eyes especially are very cool. Yeah. Um, they're it's, heavily lidded. Everyone's eyes are heavily lit. Yeah. It's very kinetic. Like the action is good um, and just very dynamic. Um, there, there is kind of an interesting thing that is that ties into the narrative and the uh, drawing, where like, where like he's been kind of uh, drawing out the like movements, right. and like you see, like oh, you know, he understands the the movements that right. like people make and all that. Yeah, there's some there's some neat like visual tricks done with that. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I think it's there's it's still very early. Like at the time we're yeah talking about this, we've only read three chapters, and the fourth one just came out. There could be something more interesting to this. I'm a little skeptical. Yeah. But, but yeah. there could be. Um, but at the very least, it Looks it's going to cool. be one that I'm. T- gonna probably keep up for the foreseeable future just because it looks so damn good yeah it looks very it's very nice to look at yeah it it yeah i agree um that's something you know at least (laughs) you know that's the main reason you read comics is for how they look and um yeah this one definitely has a pretty distinct style like you know it could have easily just kind of looked like every other thing that's martial arts but yeah this one this one this one looks quite good yeah. But it's not, like you said, this is not something that I feel like I can immediately say, oh, I think I, I really get a sense for what this is going to be. It's probably, it's still sort of building up a bit. Um, mm-hmm. So give it a couple more weeks to really see. I'd say to like maybe chapter 10. Yeah. We'll see sort of what is the, what is the wider plot. And then I'll decide if it's like maybe a little bit more than what it, than what it seems on the surface. So, yeah. Yeah. This so, is pretty good. Yeah, probably. Nothing really more to say about beside at this at this time besides it looks really good right. and so you should at least look at it. Yes, 
please give it a look. Um, now, I believe, Emily, you wanted to say something about Spy Family. Uh, I, I still have not caught up with it. Yeah. Um, but that's probably next on my list of yeah, ones I... to catch up with. Um, I hear it's still great. Uh, yeah. From you, but otherwise, but not just from you. Like, you know, it seems a lot of uh, folks right. think highly of it. Yeah. Spy Family is really great. It just got to its 50th chapter. Correct. Um, so I, I haven't talked about it for a while, so I just kind of wanted to give an update. It's still good, everybody. <laughs> Spy Family is still good. Uh, by Tatsuya Endo, written and drawn by, by him. Um, it has this great cartoony style. And I mean, it, it, I would say it almost, I, I said this before, but the character designs to me in some ways sort of remind me of Ace Attorney sensibilities and that they're very sort of like strong. They sort of give you an immediate impression of the character more so than I would say most sort of just regular manga character designs do, even if they're good. Ace Attorney designs are kind of, like I said, made to sort of, they give you characterization. They give you impressions. And also, Ace Attorney's on our mind right now because... Uh, yes, uh, uh, I'm... Well, no, I said this even back before I know, a Great I know. Ace Attorney was even announced. But so, yeah. so Great Ace Attorney came out. Everybody, if you like Ace Attorney, please pick that one up. But I'm not being paid by Capcom. I'm just saying because I love that series and I've been a fan for like 15 years. But it's very good. If you don't like Ace Attorney, <laughs> you should also check that. Or if you not maybe if you dis not that you if you dislike it but if you've no. never played Ace Attorney you could probably it's probably get this because yeah, you, you know it's like a prequel type thing yeah so Great Ace Attorney is a is prequel to the main Ace Attorney series but it, it's it's meant to be played now the the answer to any play order thing is always play in publication order right. always play in the order in which things came out no no exceptions pretty much um, but you could in theory pick this up and just play it but it's it's made with you knowing about Ace Attorney in mind. That said, Spy Family. Spy Family. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it feels so uh, confidently drawn, I think, and plotted out. I think it feels more confident than most things that are in the magazine. Um, I feel like, like, you know, like Kaiju number eight, I said the same thing about. Um, it's, it's, it's definitely, I mean, I wouldn't say it's like a great story or anything. It's, it's, it's very entertaining though. It is, it is sort of like a, um, it's an action comedy. Um, it, it has dramatic moments, like I said, but it doesn't, it doesn't feel like a weird tonal whiplash when they sort of change tack a little bit sure. or when they sort of have a sweet moment with Anya and your and Lloyd, who are the the Forger family, the, uh, the, the titular family of Spy Family, which, if you didn't spy know... Spy and the Assassin. I'll just, I'll just quickly uh, recap the, the premise, is that the, the family in Spy Family is a family with a spy, who, you know, like sort of an international spy, who, who is doing this mission, and to, for, to complete this secret mission he's on, he has to sort of create this fake family, and uh, his adoptive daughter, Anya, who is a telepath, she can read minds... Uh, the his wife, who is an assassin named Your Briar, and and uh, so she she keeps her identity secret as as well. And well, I can think I can say this now. Their dog, the dog, uh, is precognition. He can uh, see the future. Um, 
he had like I, the the in universe reason is that he had like experiments conducted on him, and he's a very very cute dog. One of the cutest cartoon dogs I've ever seen. If if nothing else, reads by family for the cute dog. Um, yeah. So so and so you see how this sort of creates like sort of a funny situation where Anya, the girl who can read minds, is the only one who knows who everybody is. Uh, Lloyd Forger and your Briar, the assassin, they don't know each other's respective, right, right, right. Uh, uh, you know, real jobs. <laughs> right. And they don't know Anya's telepath. So, so yeah, it, it creates kind of a fun dynamic. It's, um, it's also really sweet. Um, it, you know, I feel like the I feel like the sort of emotional conclusion of this whole thing will be them sort of ending up like a real family, sort of as a what is like this, some kind of spy family? <laughs> yeah. So so like you know obviously like right now the the arc is that like they're doing a mission. Um, they all the, the whole family finds themselves on this like cruise ship and like Anya's there with her dad and for them it's just sort of a it's sort of a just fun vacation. But you're is there for for business. To kill to protect. Somebody. Well, no, she's being a she's playing a bodyguard for like uh, a mob boss or something, and so there's been some really cute moments with with Anya and her dad, and and just sort of Anya really wants Anya's like one of the best parts of the story. The little girl, she's one of the best characters, probably one of my probably my favorite. Um, she's great. She's really funny, and she's just very cute. And I think the, the the real strength is that you really want to see them become a family for her because she really likes them because she was a she was an orphan before right. and so she she's scared that if they're found out that their family will dissolve. Right. So that's sort of a really I think compelling uh, um, sort of plot reason for her to want to keep them all together and sort of to keep the drama up. But yeah yeah this is at chapter fifty. It's showing no signs of. I mean, technically, it's an idea you could keep going for however long you wanted, I guess. Right. But, I, I mean, I do see, I don't get the feeling that it's just sort of, you know, like, like running on fumes or anything. It's still going strong, so. Yep. Check it out. Now that it's at 50, it's pretty short to read. It's only yeah, 50 it's chapters. Yeah, it's long. It doesn't, it's not a weekly, so. It's, is it just kind of, like, intermittent, or is it? Uh, it's looks about. like it's roughly every other. Every other week about. Week? Yeah. Sometimes it takes a month off or something, but. Yeah, it's not as infrequent as One Punch Man, say. Sure. But sure. Yeah, it's still it's not as it's not a weekly, no. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'd like to catch up with that at some mm-hmm. point, maybe by the next time. So we can't talk about it two months in a row. So no. I'll put it off another month. Put it off. <laughs> All right, and I think the last thing we wanted to talk about, we had one other, uh, one other one shot, um, and. I, I I guess that now they're just doing so. This is a another Shokugeki no Sanji, another yeah. uh, one shot by the creative team behind Food Wars, uh, doing like you know a, a one piece uh, one shot focusing on like Sanji making food and yeah. stuff like that. And I think this was the best of them. <laughs> I so really like this. Was really good. I'm, makes me think they're gonna like keep doing this throughout the story. They're gonna cover the yeah. whole story of One Piece. Yeah, just so. keep. I, hey, I'm down with that. I think these are these have been very good. This, like I said, I think this is my favorite of them so far. Yeah, um, it was sweet. It was the sweetest sweet. one. It, it deals with you know one of Vivi. the best arcs. You know the Alabast arc, um, and you know it's just fun to see it, it, what was particularly interesting what i thought seeing in um in 
Saki's style. Igram's um, wife. Igram's wife. <laughs> Who just looks like him. Like, because for the most part, for the most part, like, for the most part in these, I think that they've been having characters that are... Sexy. <laughs> not just sexy, but like, you know, relatively standard looking. Right. But of course, anyone who knows One Piece knows that Oda draws a bunch of weird looking people. <laughs> yes. Um, and so it was interesting. And I think that it worked. Like, mm-hmm. I think that... Um, I think Saiki had fun with it. Yeah, exactly. Um, I also like how, like, pretty much we don't see the faces directly of pretty much any of the Straw Hats. Right. It's all Sanji. Sanji's the, the main character. Yeah, he's the main character. And honestly, like, the characterization is really good in it. Yeah, I, it feels like it feels, Sanji. It really makes me like One Piece more, honestly. Like, I, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know it's not technically canon, but I'm just right. going to pretend it is. Um, and, like, this one centers on Sanji and Vivi, and it wasn't a sexy thing. Like, like at the end, it wasn't... Sort of like, oh, uh, the the food gasm that they normally do. It was about how she was really proud of Alabasta and she was going to complete her mission. It was really sweet. And Plus there's a panel of Sanji lighting up a cigarette, which is always cool. Yes. And um, yeah, Igram, Igram's wife, that's pretty funny. Because like, remember back in the day, I mentioned this before, it's like, it's like, remember when, like, cartoon guys, their wife just looked like them, but they were a girl? Like, that's basically what Igram's wife is. And it, it feels a little... Like, it's definitely supposed to be a joke, I think. Yes, but of course. It, it's not, like, a super mean one. No. I guess, like, I mean, you know, not, not to there be, was, like... Was it the first or the second one that did have, like, a little bit of, like, a... A fat joke fat thing? Fat-phobic. <laughs> I forget if it was the first or second it one. It might have. Yeah, yeah. I, there was, well, it was a bigger lady, and she became thin from right. something. Like, yeah, so, I mean, not maybe perfect, maybe, in that respect, but, um, yeah. So these are, I mean, these are always good. I'm excited. I, now I'm thinking they're gonna go through the whole series. Like, right, just do like one for each. Arc. Like they'll do next will be major location. Skypea. I mean, they haven't. They clearly haven't done all of them. You know, they because they skipped whenever like Chopper. Chopper, yeah. They're probably um, gonna do major arc. Yeah. Like um, Alabasta, Skypea, Thriller Park, probably. Foxy um, arc. Foxy needs one. <laughs> I would love to see Foxy. I would love to see Foxy. Sexy Foxy. Sexy Foxy. That's, oh, man. That would be so funny. It's funny because Foxy's ship is called the Sexy Foxy, but... That's right. Um, yeah. Sexy Foxy... Please. Please. Oh, I'm going to send them... No, I can't send them my idea. That's bad. But, um... Yeah. So... Yeah. It's good. Yeah. I'm glad that mm-hmm. they're doing more of this. Yeah, these are cool. These add um, a lot to the world, I think. I think they're, they're yeah. really fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's all we wanted to talk about this month. Um, we'll be back in a couple weeks to talk about the first part of the, uh, what's it called? Marineford? Marineford, yes. Marineford in one piece, yeah. Marineford in one piece. Um, I forget the exact numbers, but they'll be in the show notes. Uh, <laughs> 550 to 580. There we go. Um, and then in about a month, we'll be back to talk about August and Shonen Jump. Uh, in the meantime, you yep. can find us on Twitter. I'm at Goodbye to a Shoe. I am at Cosmos, of course. And our friend Zach, who appears on our One Piece episodes, is at Wilker Fox. Uh, that's about it. Yep, that's it. Later, everyone. Goodbye.